Welcome to Commission. I'm Pastor Eric Teitelman. And I'm Jed Robine. In each episode, we will talk about the gospel of the kingdom, declaring God's heart for the restoration of Israel and all the nations. So join us as we together explore the mysteries of the one new man. Welcome to the Commission Podcast. This is episode two. My name is Jed Robine. I'm the founder of Pilgrim Way Ministries. Joined as always, my friend Eric Teitelman, the founder of House of David Ministries. Hello. How you doing? Doing well, thank you. Well, I am excited, and I know our listeners are too, to dive back into your story, Eric. Um, I think you have a lot of insight and amazing um, understanding as you kind of relay your story to us that helps us understand what the journey is like for uh, some of our Jewish brothers and sisters. And so where we're going to pick up in the story, uh, just to refresh everyone, is you've been in church for eight years at this time. You're on a praise team. You've actually been baptized. That's right. With water from the Jordan River. That's right. As amazing as that is, yes. uh, God saw fit to have that in the <laughs> in the in the bowl. He did. Um, you are uh, in a church, and you're you've decided to pick up the Bible and read it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you get a new King James version. King James version. King James, yes. And you sit down and you read the Book of Matthew, and you realize, wow, there is no one like. Jesus that I've ever read about. No. This is the Messiah that the Jewish people have been waiting for. Yes. And you give your heart to him. Yes. You get born again. He answers a lot of your questions you've been wrestling with uh, spiritually for years. Mm-hmm. And then it kicks off some new questions mm-hmm. that as you come into the family of God and you realize, wow, I'm a, I'm a Jewish believer. What does that mean? I'm in a church with Gentiles. What does that mean? That's right. I'd love for you to tease out a little bit of what that was like for you. Um, Walk us through what was going on in your heart and your mind Mm -hmm. as this uh, amazing moment happens in your life as a Jewish believer. It's 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 an interesting. uh, It's hard. I'm trying to picture how to put words to this, but I remember. You know, I read Matthew and then Mark and Luke and John, and I get to the book of John, and I'm really stumped on the divinity of Jesus. And and I had all these other questions at the same time that are sort of swelling up in my head about, you know, the Jewish people and how do the, you know, the nations fit into this big picture and, you know, what happens to me now? Do I have to give up my Jewish identity and, and all this these thoughts that were going through my head? And I remember um, I'm I'm scheduling an appointment with the pastor at the church we were attending because I want to sit down with him and ask him all these questions. And I just sensed from the Lord, he said, read the end of the story. And so I read the book of Revelation. And all of a sudden, which I know for many people is a very complicated book, but all of a sudden I'm reading about all of these prophecies. And it's really a, a, a book about a fulfillment of prophecies that were given to the Old Testament prophets, Daniel sure. and Jeremiah and Isaiah and I'm reading this, and it's it's becoming you know so clear to me about the kingdom of God and Jesus is He's the one coming in the clouds with power and great glory, and we we that are coming with Him, and we're going to be here on the earth and in Jerusalem, and He's going to build His kingdom here in the earth. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading about the kingdom, and I'm thinking to myself, well, the kingdom is obviously the nation of Israel centered in Jerusalem then how come all the, the churches that I've attended all these years didn't reflect anything about the kingdom? 
Hmm. I mean, they had no recognition, hardly any recognition that Jesus was even a Jewish man, but all of the things that he would have been connected to, the culture, the language, um, the, the holidays, the festivals that he would have celebrated, there was nothing of those things that were reflected in uh, in the churches that I had been attending. And so I meet with the pastor, and I've got all these questions for him, and and primarily about how do I, as a Jewish person, what's my part in the church? Like, where do I fit into the story? And he he had no answers for me. Mm. He just had nothing to he he changed topics. He went off and talked about some other things. He he had no answers for me, and I was I was terribly disappointed because I was really hoping to get some answers from him. But the Lord said, "Just begin. You go back and you you go back and read Genesis and the books of Moses." and read Isaiah and Jeremiah. And and as I began to go back and read all of the Old Testament books and prophecies, the Lord began to piece the whole picture together for me mm. about his, his plan for the nation of Israel, his plan to bring forth the Messiah from the nation of Israel, his plan to bring all the nations right. into covenant relationship with the Jewish people, with the nation of Israel. And so he gave me all of the, all the answers in his book. And and so I began to understand. I had this 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 high level picture that he was assembling as I was reading through the narrative of the Old Testament scriptures and seeing how everything in the New Testament was a fulfillment of what was written in the Old, and so all the dots were connecting. Then I was still puzzled. Then how come the church has missed all of this? Mm. Why why is the church? Do they not read the Old Testament, or somehow do they not? see the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the, con- the, uh, the continuation of God's plan for Israel, and then, of course, ultimately the nations. Right. And so, so that, was, that was the next phase of questions that I had, and the Lord <clears throat> began to take me back into books about church history, and I'm reading about the, the separation and the division that formed even very early on in the first century even between the, the rabbis, the Jewish people, and the church. They just went in opposite directions. And so he began to show me that there was this division that formed in the church, but he also showed me in, in Scripture that there's a time when he's going to bring all of this back together. Amen. There's a lot to unpack in what you just shared, brother. <laughs> um, very, very deep um, thoughts. I, I find one thing that you said very, um, very interesting, and I haven't heard this aspect before, and you said... You know, basically, when the pastor couldn't give you answers, mm-hmm. you felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go back and read the Old Testament. That's right. Which is really it, what instantly sprang to my mind is the story, um, actually, the Emmaus Road, mm-hmm. when the Messiah comes up against two disappointed and disillusioned <laughs> disciples who think they're, it's over. Right. And it says basically, he shows them from. The scriptures from the Old Testament and, scriptures. And what scriptures are there but the Old Testament at that point? That's right. So he's showing he he's doing with them just what he did with you. Mm-hmm. This pattern of, you know, he is embedded in in the story. You cannot miss him. That's right. Well, I, I say you can miss him, but if he gives you his spirit, you see it just jumps right off the page, and yes. you you perceive the truth of the Messiah throughout the whole counsel of God. That's right. And that's exactly what happened as I went back and read, you know, the books of Moses and and you read the prophecies and and you can see Jesus on like every like every page. I mean, there's some place that he is there woven into or hidden or mysteriously hidden in in the narrative in the scriptures. 
So he's taking you on a breadcrumb trail yes. of showing showing you as a Jewish believer the whole story, the fifty thousand foot Genesis to Revelation. Yes, this is all about, uh, like you said so eloquently, um, God is bringing forth the Messiah from Israel, and mm-hmm. the Messiah is going to restore Israel, and He's also restoring the nations That's right. to Himself, um, and He's bringing all things together, the restoration of all things That's ultimately. Right. That's right, um, according to the Book of Acts. Um, very fascinating. So, where, when do you start to um, kind of get some of those answers uh, or those questions answered? Um, do you are, are there believers that God brings into your story that begin to uh, iron sharpen iron, kind of give you some some truth, and yes. are able to answer some of those questions for you? Yes. Uh, so you know, I, it was about two thousand two when I got saved, and within probably a year or so, two thousand three time period, we moved from New Hampshire. Remember, we're attending this conservative Baptist church, and that's where I decided to read the King James Bible, and we move all the way back cross-country to California, and we're living in Chico, which is north of Sacramento, and within a short period of time, very small period of time, I meet a a pastor by the name of Don North, and we met at just a, a business lunch, a city business lunch, and just having just casual conversation around the table, but he found out that I was a Jewish believer, and of course he found, yeah, told him I'm a very recent Jewish believer, <laughs> and he was he was um, on his own quest, his own journey, and somewhat recently, in fact, to discover his his Jewish his Hebraic heritage. I should say he wasn't Jewish; he was a Gentile, but he wanted to discover his heritage that is found in biblical Judaism or he you know he, the, the Hebraic aspects of the Bible. And when he met me, he was like, he latched on to me because he wanted to know so much. And at the same time, I had myself tons of questions still about theology and understanding the church and church history. So we became very close friends and very quickly and spent a lot of time together and spent a lot of hours, you know, just hanging out. And and he was like an older brother to me. And and he, he introduced me, he began to introduce me to other pastors in the community. He was connected with everybody and began introducing me to other pastors. He would take me to Sacramento to meet with pastors' gatherings. And he, he knew the Lord had put me on a fast track for something, but he didn't really know what it was yet. And as I'm being introduced to these pastors, they're starting to open their doors. They're mm. a number of them, not all. I mean, some were like, oh yeah, that's nice, but not interested. But others were genuinely interested to hear the story from this Jewish believer and they had questions, all kinds of questions that they wanted to ask me. And so I'm getting invitations to come to churches, to men's fellowships, uh, to uh, even teach about the Passover Seder and you know all of these things that, that they had questions about. And, and this went on for a number of years and until in about 2007, I meet a, a local pastor. He's a Messianic pastor, Samuel Walker, and he had a Messianic congregation. And he asked me if I would be interested in starting a, a, col- a mess- either a Messianic congregation or maybe a college ministry in Chico. And I said, well, I, you know, maybe the college ministry, because I, I, I was vocational, so maybe bivocational, I could you know, work and then teach part-time at the university. And, and then within a year, he offered to give me an ordination as a pastor, as a local pastor, through his Southern Baptist Church. He was a Messianic pastor, but he was ordained Southern Baptist. And so in 2008, in April of 2008, I received my ordination as a Southern Baptist pastor. And at that point, you start House of David Ministries? 
at that point, I started House of David Ministries, and we called it House of David because we were trying to reach Jewish students on campus. And I wanted to, I wanted something that sounded messianic intentionally. But at the same time, I also wanted something that would invite others to come in and experience and learn about their own biblical heritage. And so we had, we had never had, by the way, any Jewish students that, that came, even though I reached out to Jewish students, but none came. But we had international students coming from all over the world that were coming to House of David. And it was a little house, a little bungalow house in Chico <laughs> that was donated for us to use. And I was partnering with another uh, another lady who was connected with InterVarsity International. So we had students from all over the world that were coming. And I'm starting in Genesis, and I'm teaching them, showing them how Genesis connects with the New Testament with the writings of, of John, for example. And we're just going, you know, systematically through the Bible and all these stories of the flood and Noah and how everything connects to Jesus and how everything connects to the New Testament and began this ministry of discipleship. Amazing. Um, you know, obviously we know that according to Scripture, one of the calling of the Jewish people is to be a light yes. to, the, to the nations. That's right. And so here in your story, it's it's amazing to me. I'm just reflecting you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're brought into faith. God puts you with a Gentile believer, Don North. Yes. You guys are both kind of seeking answers yes. to some questions that you both have from one one from a Jewish perspective, uh-huh. one from a Gentile perspective. Yes. God puts you together, and you both kind of help each other uh-huh. grow. That's right. And and shape, and and Don opens some doors for you. Yes. Um. And here you are, you know, showing bringing some light from the Word of God mm-hmm. to help international believers. In, in House of David That's in the right. early days, yes. really start to take the next steps in their discipleship journey. That's right. I think that's that's a beautiful pattern in Scripture. Um, so talk to us a little bit about um, where House of David goes from that point on. Well, we were there about uh, with the ministry, college ministry just a couple of years, and then the Lord, through job changes and circumstances that came up, uh, ended up moving our family from Northern California to right, right now we are here in, in the D.C., Washington, D.C. metro. And we've been here now for just over 10 years in this area. When I left, um, when I left California, I was a little puzzled because I had just started this college ministry and I felt like we were really making some good inroads with these college students. And all of a sudden, I feel like the Lord's saying, nope, it's time for you to move on and I'm moving you all the way to the other side of the country. And Understanding, you know, I, I lived in New Hampshire for two years. I was on the East Coast, but I spent most of my time on the West Coast. That's where my family was. My father was there, and I had a sister out there in the Bay Area. And, of course, my wife's family was all in Los Angeles as well. So moving to the East Coast was very challenging for us, and here we are now back on the East Coast. And I have to be honest, I, I didn't want to be here. <laughs> I, I just didn't. I didn't care for the weather. I didn't like. I don't like humidity. I missed the mountains. The ocean was on the wrong side. There were just a lot of things <laughs> about this place that I had a hard time adjusting to. So here I am, once again, going through, you know, cultural shock and cultural changes. And 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 I was asking the Lord for quite a few months as I'm driving up and down the freeway here, going back and forth to work, sitting in traffic, why am I here? And the Lord didn't answer right away, but he began to open some doors for me to teach in churches around the DC metro. And of course, the same topics were the ones that were at, they were asking me in California to teach was, you know, tell us about our biblical heritage and our spiritual heritage and tell us about the Jewish people and help us understand, 
you know, who you are as a people and, and, you know, help, help us illuminate this, this bigger narrative of scripture, the old Testament and how it connects to the new Testament. And we want to learn about the feast of the Lord, the Passover and the feast of tabernacles. So it was amazing. Just doors began to open. And suddenly I realized that um, it's the same message that God has called me to preach. I'm just not doing it with college students and I'm on the other side of the country. <laughs> so there's a, there's a teaching ministry that God's giving you, and there's also a, a prayer and worship yes. uh, component as well. Maybe you could flesh that out a little bit. Yeah, it, I can. In in, uh, in It was actually in Chico, right not long after I met Don North. It was actually his church secretary that invited me to the, the dedication for a new prayer house, the Chico prayer house, in about 2004. And... She wanted me to come because she knew of my Jewish heritage, and she thought it would be, and actually also a descendant of the Aaronic priesthood. And she said, "Oh, you really need to come and and help dedicate our prayer house, and I want you to come and say the Aaronic blessing and pray over the prayer house." I, I'd never been to a prayer house before. I didn't know what it was. I mean, when I did worship before at the at the churches that we had attended, it was very structured worship. You know, you do your three songs and then the introductions and maybe another song and a closing song. But uh, it, that's how, that was how I understood worship to be. And all of a sudden I'm at a prayer house and they're doing spontaneous worship mm. and prayer for two hours straight. Right. And I had never experienced anything like this before. And I, f- I fell in love with it. <laughs> and And not only that, but there was a tangible presence of God that I felt in those moments of intense worship and prayer that I didn't feel on Sunday morning. And I don't, I hate to say this because, you know, I love going to church, but I didn't have the same sense about the presence of God Mm. on Sunday morning like I felt in the prayer house. I mean, there was something so intimate and so powerful and tangible about his presence in the prayer house. I just was almost like addicted to going. I just had to keep going back. And were you a worship leader at this point? I know you've been I was not. I I mean, I I was a worship, I was a singer um, at the churches. They had invited me to help sing mostly choruses. I was not leading the worship necessarily, but I'm singing some choruses and, and, uh, you know, getting involved with the prayer team. But I was not a worship leader. But I had um, picked up a guitar a number of years earlier and started to teach myself how to play the guitar and after a couple of years, um, I got on a prayer team at the prayer house and began singing. I was not, again, leading, but I was singing and praying. And then after a couple of years, uh, they invited me to actually lead some worship sets. Interesting. So so this aptitude kind of grows a little bit over time. Yes. But now it's become really part of your rhythm and flow yes. uh, at House of David is, is really intimacy with God through worship. That's exactly what it, what it was, and in fact, when I wrote up the the narrative for House of David Ministries, it was it was a combination of prayer and worship, and of course, discipleship through the Word. I mean, it was it was the whole package. I wasn't just interested in teaching. I wanted we always opened in a time of a very deep uh, intercessory prayer and worship. We always spent a good thirty forty five minutes in prayer and worship before we would even get in, into the Word. Beautiful. Well, let's, let's land the plane here for Episode 2. Uh, we're going to pick back up in, in, uh, in Episode 3 and dive back in. I'd love to hear more about House of David and the things that God has laid on your heart. Maybe ask you a few more questions 
uh, about your experience as a Jewish believer um, over the years, and um, and we'll just go from there. But thank you so much for for being willing to to, to share some of your story, brother. Thank you. Uh, if you're uh, enjoying this this uh, time with us on the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, and you can always get our latest episodes. We're really thrilled to be doing this together and um, talking about the story that God has been telling for thousands of years, and and He weaves our little stories into His massive meta narrative, and it's a it's a beautiful thing to behold. So, until next time, we wish you all the best. God bless you. If you have enjoyed this podcast from Permission, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our ministry websites. We pray the Lord richly blesses you, and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.